live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day. Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like this kind of party. Now, here's your host, Jordy Holtberg. A great good afternoon and welcome. So glad you decided to dial us up in whatever form or fashion that you do, whether it be on the radio, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, streaming 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com, or in the Acadiana area as we are simulcast on TV, uh, 32.3 on Stadium and 133 on LUS Fiber. So we're here, we're there, we're everywhere, sit back and relax. We're here for the next two hours as we are each and every day, Monday through Friday, with my cohort, my producer, James Mesh, who's back in the master control suite in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. And uh, it's great to be with you on this, uh, this Tuesday with a lot of stuff going on. We have a busy, busy guest list for you and for yours. We're brought to you today by the great folks at ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlet, 60 of them in southern and central Louisiana with a very simple mission statement. We love serving our community and seeing customers leave with a smile on their faces. Whether your needs are fresh food, fuel, top shelf wines or spirits, or just a quick pit stop, ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets look forward to serving you with awesome deals that are available while supplies last at participating locations and offers are valid for Buku Rewards customers. It's very simple. Just go online, ShopRiteLA.com. That's S-H-O-P-R-I-T-E-L-A.com. It's free, and you win. You win. Um Mornings are hard, but they made things a lot easier with any size coffee for only 89 cents. Happy hour all day, every day with the Buku Rewards app. 89 cents for any size Gator Gulp. You know, I'm a Diet Coke fanatic, so I love that. You can start your morning off right with a $1 sausage biscuit. It's not one of those frozen type. It is handmade and ready to go. They have deals all the time. Become a Buku Rewards member and win, not only in the store, but at the gas pump. It's a no-brainer. Buku Rewards, it's here. It's ready for you at ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. Um, Eddie Yarnell will join us uh, in just a few minutes. His old New York Yankees have won 10 straight. LSU baseball trying to uh, continue using that momentum for that 4-3 walk-off win Sunday over Georgia when uh, Cade Doughty delivered the walk-off hit for the second straight weekend. Um, His two-run homer in the bottom of the ninth gave LSU that 4-3 win over Georgia. He also lined a walk-off single 
in the bottom of the 10th to defeat Missouri back on April 22nd. We'll talk about LSU as they get ready to go back on the diamond tonight. They'll be hosting Nichols at 6.30 p.m. tonight. So uh, be ready for that one uh, because since we are the, um, the home of LSU sports, uh, you can listen to all the action right here, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. First pitch is set for 630. So that's LSU versus the Nichols Colonels. The Houston Astros, meanwhile, will be looking to make it two straight against the Seattle Mariners tonight at Minute Maid Park. First pitch there is scheduled for 710 tonight. And you can listen to the game on our sister station, News Talk 98.5. So we'll talk all about um, the Tigers with Eddie Yarnell. Um, boy, it was uh, another night of NBA action last night. Uh, tonight we have two games. Game two between Milwaukee and Boston, with Milwaukee winning one at the TD Garden in Boston. So they have a one games to zip lead. It's game two, Golden State at Memphis, with the Warriors leading that series one game to zip. So, um, that's tonight. Last night, Miami humbled Philadelphia without Joel Embiid, 106-92. to And despite Luka Doncic um, having a terrific, terrific game for the Dallas Mavericks, um, where he, he was just on fire, 45 points, 12 rebounds, uh, 8 assists. It was the Phoenix Suns with their well-balanced attack. Uh, Devin Booker with 23 Um Aiton with 25, Chris Paul with 19, Bridges with 13, Crowder with 11, all five starters in double figures and off the bench. Johnson comes up with 17. That balanced scoring led to a 121-114 win. Uh, Dallas outscored Phoenix by 10 in the fourth quarter to kind of make it a little bit closer, but uh, Phoenix never in doubt in that one. So we'll talk with Grant Hughes of Bleacher Report about all of that. I don't think enough has been said about the job that um, LSU's new basketball coach has uh, done at this point in time. Uh, Matt McMahon has done a terrific, terrific job. He's got the number two ranked transfer class per uh, a college basketball site. He's got two five-star transfers in Juice Hill and Trey Hannibal. He's got one five-star freshman in Tyrell Ward, and he's got five top 100s coming out of high school. Uh, Mawani Wilkinson and Justice Hill, he had to re-recruit them out of the portal. Boom, Ward, Jalen Reed, and Cam Hayes. So we will talk all about the recruiting world of uh, Coach Matt McMahon with Billy Embody coming up at the start of hour number two. On the women's side, Kim Mulkey uh, announced another signing. Kateri Poole, a transfer guard from Ohio State. I took my daughters to the LSU-Ohio State NCAA tournament game at LSU. And Kateri Poole, strong, tough, physical, lots of energy and emotion. Um, she's going to be a good player for, for LSU. So that's, uh, that's a good one. So um, Kim Mulkey going on and on and on. She's got an elite class. It includes the nation's number 26 player, McDonald's All-American, Flaji Johnson, uh, the National Junior College All-American first-teamer um, last year in uh, Tier Poa from Melbourne, Australia, the Dallas Morning News Player of the Year, Samaya Smith, 
and the All-Texas Guard combo combination of Alisa Williams. So they also got a West Virginia transfer in Jasmine Carson, a Missouri transfer, Ladasia Williams. So in other words, but to make a long story short, LSU basketball is going to be okay, particularly the women's side. It's going to take Coach McMahon a little bit of time, uh, but we'll discuss all of that with Billy Embody. And then we'll talk with Bob Rose. It's a Tuesday, so we will delve into the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, and all that he brings to the table. And speaking of the Honey Badger and speaking of LSU football, the draft that just unfolded showed you another metric on how great LSU's 2019 national championship team really was. And it's not just Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Patrick Queen and just drafted Derek Stingley Jr. That team's depth of talent and skill still resonates nearly three years later. With the just-completed 2022 NFL Draft, listen to this stat, a total of 30 players, 30 from that 15-0 team, have now been selected over the past three drafts. That includes 19 of 22 offensive and defensive starters plus two specialists. All 30 of those players are still active in the NFL or were just drafted last week. A total of seven went in the first round the past three years. Burrow, number one overall to Cincy in 2020. Stingley going with the third pick overall Thursday to Houston. And the, and the list goes on and on and on. Remember these names? Burrow, Kalevon Chason, Chase, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Queen, Derek Stinley, Grant Delbert, Christian Fulton, Ed Ingram, Terrace Marshall, Lloyd Cushenberry, T. Davis-Price, Cordell Flott, Damian Lewis, Jacob Phillips, Sadiq Charles, Neil Farrell, Rashard Lawrence, Tyler Shelvin, Cade York, Damone Clark, Austin Deculus, Blake Ferguson, uh, Chasen Hines, Racy McMath, Jacoby Stevens, Andre Anthony, Stefan Sullivan, Kerry Vincent. Wow. The, one other LSU player who was drafted but was not on that 2019 team uh, was Jabril Cox and went in 2021 in the fourth round of Dallas. So, look, Georgia, fresh off its national championship in January, tied LSU's mark of five first-rounders in one draft this year. But LSU – <laughs> but bested LSU from 2019 when they had 15 overall picks in this 2022 draft. That's amazing. LSU tied the record for a seven-round draft with its 14 picks three years ago, and that was uh, tying Ohio State back in 2004. Miami still holds the record for most first-rounders with six in 2002. What is surprising, though, is how LSU – finished second behind Georgia with 10 overall picks this year, plus four players who signed with teams as undrafted free agents. Goes to show you, talent's always been there. Um, but, but, and that's what uh, I think was the big selling call for one, Brian Kelly. So that 2019 team, I uh, Hard-pressed to, to think we could ever see anything like that again in our lifetime, but we shall see. We shall see. Um, 
We will talk about the NBA. And speaking of the NBA, the NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like when which team will win? Uh, total threes made. How about total rebounds and more? And boom, we have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a Same Game Parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code 1037GAME only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Physically present in Louisiana. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. Minimum $5 minimum deposit. See DraftKings.com sportsbook. For full terms and conditions, licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem, call 1-877-770-STOP. That's 1-877-770-7867. We'll talk LSU baseball with uh, former big leaguer, left-hander, Eddie Arnold. When we return, the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles with Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We welcome you back 18 minutes after the hour. LSU returns to action tonight when they take on Nichols at 6.30 p.m. in Alec Box Stadium, Skip Berkman Field. LSU's won 30 of the last 33 meetings with Nichols, including twice last year. Uh, We shall see. We shall see what happens tonight. Let's talk baseball with my good friend, the old left-hander, the All-American who uh, helped LSU win a national championship. His New York Yankees are on a 10-game win streak, so they're rolling in the Bronx. Eddie Arnold, kind enough to join us. Eddie, how are you, my friend? Doing well, Jordy. How about yourself? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing Family's yeah, all right? Everything's yeah, everything's good, man. We're uh, just getting getting ready for the summer, you know. Still yeah. doing a little baseball. Weather's okay. heating up like it does this time of year in, in south, of, you know, Baton Rouge, but uh, it's yeah, good. I hear yeah. you. Um. It, Describe to me your level of confidence in in LSU's pitching staff. What what do you like about it? What do you not like about it? What have you seen? What analyze it for me? Yeah, that's um look, they've definitely are you know, I think Jay's done a pretty good job of figuring out roles and keeping guys right. to them. Uh confidence level though, man, that's a that's kind of like uh Right, right now it's it's getting better, but it's kind of like you know when the weatherman gets on the, the TV and says, "Hey, it's uh, gonna be a great day out," and you get outside and it starts raining. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, I'm still not quite there, Jordy. I'm not I fully gotcha. sold on it. Look, I think they've got um, four or five good arms in the bullpen, maybe even okay. more than that. But I mean, starting pitch wise, Mikhail Hilliard's done a, a bang up job. Man, he's done great for him. Without him. Mm-hmm. 
Ooh. I really don't know where they where they where they'd be. Right. But I really haven't seen too many other guys really stepping up yeah. to uh, you know to, to to take the reins a little bit. And you know, coming in, you know, we had some guys that were some veteran guys. You know, not a ton, but I mean, the Devin Fontenot's and, and some of those guys just really haven't haven't taken hold of it and right. gone out and, and been the been the lead dog, so to speak. But like I said, they've done a great job of kind of patchworking it together and making it through. Uh, to this point, and look, heck, I mean, we're right there, right? I mean, what was a three or four way tie for third or fourth place in, right, right. in the West? So that's a log jam, but I, I do, I think they're definitely figuring themselves out as a team, right? I think they're playing for each other a little bit more, uh, leaning on each other. You know, that's the only way you win at this level. I mean, ability and talent is great. That's what the, the pro guys look for, but in high school and college, it's a team. Got to have a team. So. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree about Hilliard. I, I'm, I don't know what's happened to Blake Money. I know he got his early starts, and you know, playing against non-conference teams is one thing. Once you get into the conference and people get scouting reports on, they kind of figure things out. He's got a 4.86 ERA in 53 and two-thirds innings. Um, yeah, he's. He's appeared in eleven games. He started eleven games, but you know, he just what's happened? Do you think? I mean, I think it's a couple. Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is this. Look, I mean, like you said, he's had a few little naggy injuries. Not that they're ever going to be a reason for lack of performance for any athlete. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'd be the first to tell you that. I'm sure. Um, but you know, when you when you kind of have little things like that come up. And the consistency gets tampered with a little bit in terms of not performance, but just in terms of work where you got to play and then you sit out and you come back and you're on a pitch count. It's really hard to battle through those. You know, it's a, right. it's the old, uh, you know, when you get on a roll starting out the year, the momentum is it's real easy and confidence and everything's great. I think he's definitely fighting through it. But I think there's still better, you know, games down the road for him. I wouldn't say, hey, you got to give up on the guy. Like, he's had a rough go at it. I think you keep, you know, keep him in the situations where he can be effective. And, and you know, he, and I think Jay's, look, as you, as you saw in a couple of these games, he's gotten him out of there kind of early without really giving right. up a ton of runs. You know, True. he'd go two or three and give up three runs. So it's not like you let him, you know, go out there and get hammered. Uh, so I think that there's still, you know, that, that hope that, you know, Blake Money will definitely still be there and show up in, in the regionals for us uh, with a big game or two in the postseason. Do they have a third start? I mean, you know what happens when the postseason comes. If you get if you get going, and the SEC tournament is a classic example that that may be very very important to LSU this year. In years past, like when you played, it really was insignificant. All the work had already been done. That was just lanyap. Uh, but this year, you you need some some starting pitching. Who who's the third guy? Is there one? Yeah, you know they. Uh, <laughs> but it's not like that they're in a unique position in terms of the rest of the conference either. Though I think everyone's asking that, or, or most teams True. are asking that question. I mean, look, Tennessee's just having one of those years. Wow. So you can exclude them from anything from the SEC right now. You know, they're just on fire. Like, they're yeah. playing at another level. And I think Arkansas separated themselves, but we had a chance to, to really win two of those games in Arkansas. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's funny. You're sitting here talking about, hey, who's the third guy? 
I mean, we used to say, hey, who's the, who's going to be that fourth guy, right, if you get in the loser's <laughs> bracket of a regional or an Omaha right. or whatever to have it. Right. I mean, now we're just looking for, you know, someone that can get us multiple outs yep. in that third slot. Really, you know, just, hey, just give us seven, eight, nine, ten outs, you know, three, four mm-hmm. innings at the most. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a guy that would be like, yeah, this is the guy for sure. Now, I'm sure Jay's got some, some guys he'd like to see. This is what I was talking about earlier. Like, who's going to step up? Who's going to make that jump right. where they have to pitch them? Well, they haven't done it yet. And we're, you know, two-thirds through the SEC play. So, uh, I don't know. I guess, uh, you know, to, de- to be determined, right, still, yeah. on okay. that. All right. Um, Tigers are 29-14 and 14 overall, 12-9 and nine in the SEC after they took down Georgia. That was a big win on Sunday. Now they're in a second-place tie in the West. And they finish off, Eddie, with, you know, a, a trio of winnable series foes. You got at Bama this weekend. They're, they're not that great. You get home against Ole Miss, maybe the most disappointing team in the league, and you you go to Vanderbilt, who's not having that stellar Vandy type of uh, year that we've been accustomed to uh, of late, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's there for the taking. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like you're saying now, all those teams are scary, but, yeah, they are all under – I mean, you know, can obviously beat LSU any given time, but they're also – they're all under 500, well under 500, a couple of them, right, in the SEC. I think Alabama mm-hmm. is not too far, um, and, and Vandy's – got a good record but not good in the sec and then old mess like we're saying was a number one at one point right in the country right. <laughs> so yeah. um but yeah i mean we're right there we're, we're looking at you know they keep talking about that 17 17 right five more wins to you know probably be a host of a regional and okay i i i don't really where like i know jay doesn't worry about that he kind of mapped out for him i think hey here's the road here's how they pick it here's what we need to do type deal but you play the game when you're on the field right you don't play it right right uh you know in in the locker room or talking to media or whatever so the players aren't going to have that focus i mean i'll tell you if they can't get fired up and i would hope somebody pushed record on um sunday when drew Brees had him in the huddle that's right before they went out that's right because if you, you you don't want to run through a brick wall with that guy, I mean, I would I would have if I was Jay, I would have had the you know a, a media guy go in there and say, hey, record this. I'm going to play this before every game. Before oh, it's my recorded, talk, don't you worry. They go it, out there. It's because been recorded. I'm sure someone I can got it. You. Yeah, yeah. And, you're uh, right. You know, I, I think there's still better. You know, this team's got a lot a lot more in them and, and better things to come from them down the stretch. So I, I look for them. I, I'm not worried about the five, man. I think they can take two or three from you know win win these last three series. I do too. I, I think it's certainly doable, particularly if your four studs, Barry, Cruz, Doty, and Morgan, uh, keep hitting the baseball like they're doing. I mean, that's that's as formidable, formidable a foursome as you'll find anywhere. Oh, it's probably yeah, one of the best in the country, George. It's just I wish we could get some guys on. You know, yeah. <laughs> get some yeah. guys on base. We're hitting a ton of solos and two runners, right? Two two run homers. Um which, I mean, that's kind of the way the game is. I mean, look, Georgia hit six the other day. That they had they had to beat us. Wow. They had, to, for them to beat us, they hit six homers. I mean, yeah. that's not going to happen a lot. But we will get our two or three a game, if not more from those guys and others. But, you know, just I think on offense, better at bats, right? Putting more pressure on the defense and pitching. 
and having better at bats. Don't give the at bats away. And on the mound, we've got to have two or three more guys step up, whether it be starters or heck, I don't know. Maybe it's your put. You know, maybe why don't we try a, a Rizalman or a Gervais or somebody like that in yeah. the rotation? You know, yeah, they've been really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I'm they're back. I mean, they're kind of back a little, Jordy, with the pitching. I mean, I, I'm confident four or five of those guys coming out the pen. But to get to them, are we going to be down a couple of runs already? And he had a whole. I mean, I'd like to give one of those guys the ball and say, "Here, let's see what you got, big guy." You know? Yeah, I'm with you, Eddie Arnold, um, All American for LSU, the left-hander, um, big leaguer, played for, played with the Yankees, World Series champs. What's what's it like <clears throat> being a Yankee with a 10 game winning streak? And owning that town, how about that? That, uh, yeah, that that. I mean, for for New York, I guess that's about as firm and as comfortable as you're going to get. So you, instead of standing on a thin sheet of ice, you maybe got a, a half inch <laughs> <laughs> because it can still turn on a dime. <laughs> but um, so those guys know that it's not. Look, uh, ten games is good. Starting pitching, Garrett Cole's doing his deal. Their bullpen is probably the best in the game. They, they can sink it. They can throw the four seam, you know, spin rate fastball. Mm-hmm. So bullpen wise, they'll match up with any hitter. Um, and that's their strength. And of course, obviously their lineup is, um, you know, Rizzo's swinging it better than probably anyone right now. And, and judge yeah. is hot. So when those guys yeah. are hitting, Stanton I mean, life plays is good. Out the, I mean, it's just, can we, can we, can, yeah. yeah, Stanton, Stanton making, gold glove catches right which is you know unusual and they're healthy so look they've got the capability and toronto's struggling a little bit but i wouldn't you know count them out by any means and that that east yeah. is you know it's tough i mean but boston's been struggling you know baltimore's not good yeah. but the rest of them so they gonna stay focused and keep playing hard you know but like i said long they understand year. it's new york so yeah. it's a long they cross long, down, long. Cross down they're doing well yeah. yeah, long, long season. We shall see. Um, one last one. What's the best thing about being a big league baseball player? What's the best of the best? Man, obviously, the competition playing there and, and the fields and just, you know, the way you're treated amongst, you know, the peers and, and going on, on those road trips. But, I mean, shoot, man, it's everything. I mean, the food, the <laughs> Travel, Everything. you know, you, you get you spend your time in the minor leagues eating, you know, a cup of soup, you know, a cup of noodles and beefaroni, you know, and all. You get to the big leagues, and it's you know, with the Yankees, we used to have it would be like fillet Fridays. I mean, it's, you know, it's just crazy with lobster. <laughs> and so, but I still think it goes back to the game, I and mean, that's why those guys are doing it. They're not doing it for the money or the food or any of the other stuff. They're that's doing awesome. it because they want to play against the best yep. competition. Day in right, and day out, and I think that's that's the reward you get when you get there because you're yeah. you know these guys are super competitive guys. So uh, yeah. for me, that was it. And then you know the fans, you know, playing in front of fifty five thousand Yankee Stadium. That's pretty cool, Eddie Yarnell. Uh, always fun talking baseball with you, man. I really do appreciate the time. Take care of that family, sure. and uh, school is about to come to a close, man. So thank you, my buddy. Absolutely, George. Sounds good, man. Uh, you take care. Speaking of the Astros, uh, the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to take you out to the ball game with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Astros take on the Rangers May 21st. You can be there. Register in the game clubhouse 
at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a ballpark tour, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros Weekend Getaways are powered by Bookshire AC, Lay Meridian, Houston Downtown, and The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We'll be back when we return. Time to talk to the NBA guru, Grant Hughes, next. Jordy Holtenberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber. For the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. Just let your may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Time to talk a little NBA hoops on this uh, Tuesday, May the 3rd. We've got two games tonight, and uh, that is the Bucks versus the Celtics with the Bucks dominating game one of the Eastern Conference semifinals, and then the Warriors and the Grizzlies, game two of that Western semifinals. And the Warriors, uh, despite Draymond Green getting ejected early in the second quarter, figure out a way to win and steal one from Memphis, a very highly contested game. Grant Hughes is our NBA guru, feature writer for Bleacher Report, amongst all the many other things that he does. And he's kind enough to join us yet again from the West Coast. Grant, good afternoon, buddy. How are you? I'm good, Jordy. This is uh, this is my favorite round of the playoffs because we've kind of gotten rid of the teams we don't need to pay attention to anymore. <laughs> We're down to down to four in each conference, and so so I'm happy. This is every all the games are good now, and that's that's a good spot to be. Before we forget about those teams that you're not talking about anymore, I've got to get your thoughts now on what you saw from the New Orleans Pelicans, um, and and where if if there was stock to be bought. Would you invest in the Pelicans for the future? Yeah, I, I think I, I think last time we talked, I, I it was a. I don't think the Pelicans had won again, but I think they'd gotten at least one win against Phoenix, and it felt to me like whatever happened from that point on, this season yeah. and this postseason should probably count as wins, just okay. because you got you know Ingram took a step. McCollum really fits. He, he's, you know, the shot-creating lead guard you need. I think Herb Jones is just a perfect, you know, defensive yeah. ace that you need if you're going to try to win playoff games. And they got, like, 10 guys that I think you can trust now. You know, th- throw Alvarado in there. I don't know where they'd right. be without him. I just love him as a backup point guard out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, I just think they've got, you know, 10 guys I trust. I mean, everybody's under contract. The team's not going to change that much except for, you know, oh, by the way, they might get – Zion back next year. Pretty and good draft. Suddenly yeah. you've got a guy who gets you 27. You got What do they pick? Eighth, I think, and maybe hot, maybe another one. It just right. Yeah, buy that. Buy that stock. I mean, there's they're young. They, the pieces seem to fit. I just uh, I keep going back to the one and twelve start. I just can't believe this is where they are now. Yeah, I guess the big question is now: How do you fit Zion in, and what what happens? Does he become like a? A Giannis bringing the ball up the court and initiating offense. I mean, what do you do, and and what does that take away from uh, the the steps that Ingram has made and what McCullum does? Because there's only so many shots to go around. Um, so how do you manage all that? I think that's the big question. 
Yeah, I agree. I think McCollum is a good is a good fit there because you know he spent his entire career next to Damian Lillard as kind of a secondary guy. So mm-hmm. and his shooting is going to play. So he's okay off the ball. I do think Ingram might be the guy that you know, kind of like when Zion really broke out a year ago, he got a little bit marginalized. But but I think Ingram, you know, he's a guy that is going to find points. Uh, what what they really what what New Orleans really needs from him is is defense. I think Ingram needs to take a step defensively. So he and Jones can really make an impact on that end. Is it far-fetched and unrealistic to think that possibly the Pelicans could do next year what the Memphis Grizzlies did this year from nowhere to finish second in the West? Is that is that too far, far, far-fetched? I think I, – no, I don't think so. I think I would view them as a team that's more likely to have that kind of big regular season leap because of what I think is going to be a pretty deep roster that helps in the regular season. They're going to be hungry. Uh, They're going to definitely score. Um, So I think that's the type of recipe that can, you know, pile up 50, 55 wins in the regular season. I would still, so, and I would distinguish that from being a team that, Oh, they're going to make it to the conference finals. You know, that's, that's the kind of stuff we always talk about. It takes time. You got to take your steps, you know, before you really advance in the playoffs. I I think we may be seeing that with Memphis now, but, but as a regular season team, a big leap, I think is, is totally realistic. All right, let's get that enough of that. We'll, we'll move on to the final, uh, the elite eight, as I call it in the NBA. I, I just don't see how Philadelphia can beat Miami. I, I don't see how Dallas with one great player can beat a team in the Phoenix Suns. I, I, I mean, Doncic is unbelievable, but he, he just takes every shot and got no help. Um, and the Suns have so much depth and talent. Do you, do you see it the same way? Yeah, you know, I caught myself watching the Sixers and taking notes and kind of trying to figure out angles and what do I think about this series and during game one. And then it just comes down to, if they, you know, they don't have Embiid, they don't have a chance, right? Like, we don't right. need to overcomplicate this. He's he's an MVP finalist, uh, and he makes all the difference in the world on both ends. So, really, <laughs> you saw it, like, the Heat really kind of kicked the ball around for a couple quarters and then ended up, you know, they're up by 20 with six minutes left and yeah. didn't yeah. play that well. So so yeah. that's that. And I think the other series in the West with, with Dallas and Phoenix has a chance to be a little more competitive um, just because I I think Dallas Dallas could run hot from three for, for a game or two, and that, you know, that, that might be enough to change kind of the, the balance a little bit. Phoenix should be the heavy favorite. They're just, I think they woke up in the first round. I think credit the Pelicans. They got, they got Phoenix's attention. And I think the Suns to me look like a team that's just kind of through messing around now. Uh, Grant, everybody says the Sixers need a vintage James Harden to survive. I I think the vintage has left. I I just, I see a shell of the former player. I I don't see him blowing past people. I, I, I don't see it anymore. No, and and what you what you will see in this series is is he's going to be forced to finish inside and not be allowed to just kick the ball out to shooters and and he can't do that. He was one of the worst finishers at the rim in the league among guys that got there a lot this year. And if he's not getting fouled, he just really can't score uh, inside. He's going to shoot a bunch of step back threes and he'll maybe make some, but but there's no question that you know forget forget the MVP version of you know four or five years ago yeah. he's he's not right. close to, to what he was two years ago I'm with you all right Grant Hughes bleacher report tonight Bucks Celtics game two Warriors Grizzlies game two I was stunned 
that the Bucks handled the Boston Celtics 101-89 on Sunday uh, in the first game of this best-of-seven series. Giannis was just ridiculous. I still think it's going to be a great series, but this is, a boy, all the pressure on the Boston Celtics tonight. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, you know, coming in, it looked like Boston. I really, maybe what this means is that Brooklyn was really bad and that, that yeah. Boston handled them so 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 easily that that had something to do with it. But, I mean, the Bucks, the you, you know, you forget that the Bucks defensively were one of the best teams in the league, not this past year, but several before that. And you see mm-hmm. champions sometimes take the foot off the gas on defense during the regular season, and now it's back on because the Celtics had 10 two-point field goals in game one which they, I mean, that's unheard of in an NBA game to only get 10 two-point buckets. And Milwaukee just just destroyed, I mean, it just ate the Celtics up inside the yeah. arc. I mean, Boston got off 53s, 50, and they made 18, which is pretty good. And, and it was a double-digit game. So if I'm the Celtics, i got to figure out how to score inside or, or get Brooke Lopez out of the lane somehow because you, can't, you cannot make 10 two-point shots in a game and win. It just it never happens. <laughs> um, yeah, they're big. They got length. They've got strength and size. Everybody kind of slept on Milwaukee. Um, everybody was riding the the flavor of the week, but they they're they're hanging around. They're still there, and I still think they're the team to beat in the East. Don't you? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, Giannis is just the best player in the league, right? Can't I? I just I feel like we just get of that in different ways he had a triple double in game one because boston made him a passer and he was fine with that um i I just think he's the most matchup proof guy there is and that's that's kind of what it comes down to in a lot of these series all right let's talk about your uh, golden state warriors and the memphis grizzlies that was uh, a very entertaining game john morant with uh, 34 jaron jackson jr with 33 uh, should Draymond uh, Green have been ejected from game one for that flagrant two? Do you think it was a flagrant two? I think by the letter of the – well, for, I would say not by the letter of the rule, right? And I don't buy that it was a reputation thing, but I'm okay with it because if the goal of this new flagrant foul, like enforcement and the reviews we're getting, is to prevent or deter – you know, basically taking guys out of the air. I mean, he hit him in the face one, and then he pulled him down by the jersey. If you want to clean yeah. up that kind of stuff, then, you know, this is quite a message to send because that's not something you normally get tossed for, right? It's just, it was a hard playoff foul. He kind of tried to hold him up. But if the idea is to clean the game up a little bit and, and not put guys in the air in danger, then, then yeah, I think, I think I'm okay with it. And by the way, now Green is going to have all kinds of rope for the rest of the series because you you can't toss him again if he commits another hard foul. Yeah. Um, what's the rule? How many flagrant twos can you get before you have to sit down a game? It, it's uh, doesn't he have two already, or am I? What, what's the status on him? Yeah, I forget the act. How many points it takes? You get points for each one, but I think oh. his next flagrant two will trigger a suspension. So oh, I mean, and it's kind of. It's Jeez. he's going to get at least two more flagrant ones, right? It feels like a gift. Yeah. So, so he's he's going to be uh, uh, on thin ice for a while here. You know, Curry comes back, he gets back in the starting lineup, and then in game one, uh, Pool goes uh, thirty-eight minutes, gets you thirty-one points. I, I mean, they, they've just got so many. Wet. They win with Clay Thompson going six for nineteen and three for ten from downtown. How often is that going to happen? 
Well, that's, I mean, that's the big takeaway for me is that Memphis has to look back at game one and think, you know, no Draymond for the entire second half. Curry doesn't have a great game. Thompson doesn't make hardly anything until that big three at the very end. And they still, and, and Memphis still loses. You know, that's, as a team, sometimes when you drop one, you go back and you talk about like that, we really, that's one that got away. That's one that nine out of 10 times under those circumstances, we probably win. And so and you can't get it back. You, that, that's sorry. So Memphis now has lost home court. They've got to be a little bit deflated because of, you just can't lose without, I mean, the Warriors without Draymond Green are just not the same. And to lose against that team, that's, that's tough. So if Memphis yeah. doesn't just blow the doors off tonight, I, I mean, this series might get short. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Grant Hughes, Bleacher Report. You hear all these rumors and where maybe where there's some smoke, there's fire. But apparently, um, you know, the Utah Jazz are going to have to do something because, I mean, they've gone down this road with this this contingent for years and years and nothing's happened. So apparently there's speculation of Rudy Gobert being a trade bait. And apparently the Warriors are are interested. Would he be a good fit at Golden State? I just don't see it. Uh, I think sure if you could if all it took were Andrew Wiggins and and you know a young guy or a pick maybe maybe the mm-hmm. the the asset you know is worth it but we haven't we just Draymond Green closes games at center that's it I mean you won that's three right. titles that way you went to five finals that way it's still working mm-hmm. really well right now and if you put Gobert out there with him you got two guys that can't shoot outside the lane uh, so yeah. I. It's it's not quite an if it ain't broke don't fix it type of situation, but I just don't know that Gobert adds. I think Gobert adds less to the Warriors than he would add to almost any other team. If that makes sense, I'm with you. Um, who's going to be the Lakers coach? Oh, that's a good one. I don't know. Does, it, does anybody want that job? <laughs> because I don't think so. you, I don't you think basically. So. Uh, you got no, you got no personnel. You got if LeBron James gets hurt, your season's over. Anthony Davis is hurt. You know, two out of every three games it seems like now. You got Russell. West. I just, I, I don't know. I, I thought for sure when Jay Wright retired from Villanova, we hear more about you know that was the obvious route to go. But it seems like he's just going to take a year or, or maybe more than that. Um, so, right. so I, I don't know. I think, I think it may be a case where you know, some of these other teams are going to act more quickly. The Kings are down to three guys, I think, that they're talking about hiring. Um, and the Lakers job just isn't, even though it's the Lakers, just isn't that desirable. So it may be I've a situation where someone like Frank Vogel, you know, who was not a top-tier guy when he right. got hired, is what they end up with. I've got the idea, okay? Um, Let's hear it. It's happened before. The Boston Celtics said, uh, hey, hey, uh, Bill Russell, why, why don't you become player coach? Wouldn't it be amazing? Le- LeBron, you, you make all these decisions. Okay, big fella, you be our player coach. That would be fascinating to me. I, I just wonder if that'll be allowed since he's kind of also the GM. Is, is he going to be too busy? <laughs> do, we think, do we think since he's picking the players they signed that he's got time to coach too? <laughs> oh, goodness gracious sakes alive. I don't know. I see Mike D'Antoni's back in the back in the running for the uh, the Charlotte Hornets gig. I mean, he's just one of those one of those lifers, right? I mean, it's amazing. And it, it, look, if you got LaMelo Ball and you want to run a little bit, 
you could do yeah. a lot worse than D'Antoni. I mean, he's turned he's turned a lot of worse uh, primary ball handlers into all stars and even MVPs. So I, I I look wouldn't wouldn't you bet on Charlotte's offense suddenly being fantastic yes. if he were the coach? Yes. Just throw yes. everything else out, but you know that's what you're getting there. One last one. Um, HBO's Winning Time about the Lakers building their dynasty. Have you have you watched it? I've seen a little bit of it. I, I was thrown by the Jerry West stuff, and so now that's that's in my head now about uh, how nobody's happy with that. So it's hard. It's hard yeah, to watch. They don't, it. they don't. They don't make him out to be a very uh, good dude in this in this show. But um, it's kind of it's kind of. I would. You're a basketball guy. You you need to watch it just to just to see it, and uh, it's pretty it's pretty interesting to say the very very least. But all right, so um, who, give me your early picks. Who advances to the conference finals? I, you know, it's, it's easy now because all these teams are up one, but I think the Warriors and Suns are kind of on a collision course here. Yeah. And I, I mean, Miami is going to skate. I, I just, I think that's easy. I think Bucks Celtics goes seven, but since the Bucks already stole one, I, I think I like the Bucks too. So I, I think okay. Bucks Miami and then Warriors Suns. It's kind of chalk, but t- that's what I feel like. Those are two pretty good finals um combatants right there grant thank you so much enjoy the ball games tonight man i appreciate it all right thanks jordy all right we'll take a quick time out here we'll come back we'll wrap up our number one here the jordy helpert show on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station brought to you by Shoprite tobacco plus discount outlets if you can't shop right at Shoprite, i'm telling you you just can't shop right at all The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to upgrade your experience for Downtown Rising with the ultimate Downtown Rising VIP experience. You can score a pair of VIP passes plus a chance to meet the Cold War kids. Simply register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to win VIP passes for Downtown Rising featuring Cold War kids on Saturday, June 4th. The ultimate Downtown Rising VIP experience is presented by Social Entertainment, Radar Solutions, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns and the game Southwest Louisiana sports station. All right. Coming up our number two, Matt McMahon's done a heck of a job under the circumstances as LSU's basketball coach, accumulating some players to make up a roster. We'll talk with Billy Embody about the job he's done and what Kim Mulkey's done. And then Bob Rose of the saints news network for his Tuesday visit, all things Nolens and the NFL draft. That's coming up. Our number two, the Jordy helper show here on the game. One Oh three, seven. Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Come on back everybody. Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 the game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day. Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like this kind of party. Now, here's your host, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two, and away we go on this Tuesday, May the 3rd, the year 2022. LSU baseball back at the box tonight, taking on Nichols, 631st pitch, and you can listen to it here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Meanwhile, across the street 
in the Pete Maravich Assembly Center. Matt McMahon is, um, man, he is doing a bang-up job considering all the circumstances uh, surrounding him when he was hired. Not one, not two, not three, but everybody. Everybody left and went to the transfer portal. And he's been trying and trying and trying as he can to accumulate a club, and he's he's doing a pretty good job. Billy Embody starts off hour number two. Uh, Billy is uh, covering LSU for on3.com, doing a, you know, just a terrific job, as he always does. He's an uh, on3 sports writer. And uh, Billy, kind enough to join us today. How you doing, big timer? How are you, man? Doing well, Jordy. How are you? Good. How you like the new gig? You enjoying it? fantastic it's fantastic i tell you what it, it's been uh, a lot of fun to uh, really go back to the roots of you know, diving into recruiting and and team scoop and and doing all that so it's been it's been rolling and uh, i think it's only going to get better from here yeah you go one of our long time guests is with on three and that's mike huguenin been with me for i don't know 10 11 12 years now it's crazy but um that's terrific man i'm happy for you um I'm also, shouldn't we all be happy on the job that Matt McMahon has done already? Yeah, what a terrific job he's done. And, and really just quietly going to work, him and his staff, you know, chipping away at some of these top prospects out there, um, just really has done a really nice job getting in on them, trying to, you know, rebuild this roster. I mean, it's been an insane exodus uh, of talent. And, and then uh, they've now replenished a good bit of that talent. You know, they've got a couple spots still left. Uh, and if it comes together, it's it's looking like a roster that can at least compete in the SEC and 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 you know do a good job and you know uh, just being able to kind of get back into the at least mix and and being competitive and and when you hired Matt McMahon, you thought all right he's somebody that you know likes to get up and down you know does a really good job of letting his players play uh, and I and I think that's something that you know a lot of these guys that have jumped on board have gravitated towards. Not to talk about the guys, we will in just a second that he's accumulated, but I, I was kind of surprised. I think he's going to be a good player. I was surprised Efton Reed ended up at Gonzaga. Yeah, that that's kind of a wild one. You know, that's well, a school that does, it. Yeah, it does develop bigs very well, and sometimes, you know, I think after his first year at LSU, uh, he's somebody that I think you temper the expectations a little bit for. Um, but if he's somebody that is, you know, coming off the bench – uh, can contribute, has some experience in the SEC. And in that league, I mean, I think he could be solid. He's still got a lot of developing to do, yeah. though, of course. Yeah. And, you know, we saw him struggle at times this year as well. Yeah, that, that surprised me. All right, let's talk about uh, two five-star transfers. Um, tell me, Juice Hill and Trey Hannibal, what do you know about them? Yeah, Juice and Trey are, are two guys that are coming over from uh, Murray State where they where they played for Matt McMahon and, uh, really, uh, you know, if you look at Justice Hill, he's had quite the interesting uh, run. You know, ended up at Arkansas uh, for a month as an early and or, uh, for a semester as an early enrollee, and then jumped on board. Um, you know, uh, or jumped a, jumped away from that program once uh, once Eric Musselman was hired. Went to community college, and then he jumped at the opportunity to play for Matt Man at Murray State, uh, and really had a nice little run there uh, for two years. Uh, he started a few games in his first season. And then uh, played and uh, started all four, 34 games this past year. 13 points, five assists, 2.3 rebounds per game. Uh, that's a really solid number for him, you know. And only playing 31 minutes a game in a way. I mean, yeah. we, if we've yeah. looked at some of these LSU point guards in the past few years, we, we've been seeing 
them playing that 35 minute or right. you know uh, range. So you get him, and then you get Trey Hannibal, who uh, is going to be somebody that probably comes off the bench for LSU. Uh, but we've got to see if he's going to be able to play this year. Uh, he has already transferred before, so he's going to have to um, you know uh, sit out uh, potentially. Okay. Um, but that's something that you know if he does have to do that, uh, that's okay. He's got a couple years left remaining in his college career, even after sitting out a year, uh, and he could take over for Justice Hill after he leaves. Billy Embody on three dot com with us. Um, normally, in the back in the day, if you said you went to Dematha High School, there was there was a point in time where every kid that ever put on tennis shoes at Dematha got a college scholarship and Terrell Ward comes from DeMatho. He's a five-star freshman to be. What do you think of Tyrell Ward? Yeah, we love him at on three. I can tell you that much. Uh, and a great job by Ronnie Hamilton here to recruit him. We've got him as the number 18th overall player in the country, a five-star in our final rankings. Um, and when Georgetown, uh, you know, landed Kevin Nickelberry, a lot of people thought he was going to end up there, but instead mm-hmm. he ends up at LSU um, they did a terrific job recruiting him. He felt most comfortable with them and their plan that they had. Six, seven uh, players, so probably somebody that could play three of the four. Uh, again, another five star for this LSU program. I mean, even you know, dating back to years, years and years past. Now we've seen them get him, and that was probably one of the most encouraging uh, signs that Matt McMahon and his staff are going to be able to get players, even you know, kind of navigating this tough situation of having to, you know, go through the potential of having sanctions. Um, right. He's somebody that, that has the size, you know, has the length, um, you know, and really has developed his shot a good bitch, good, good bit um, lately. So um, he's good in the mid range uh, and, and, you know, is really just a confident player that has uh, developed really well over the last year. And that's something you've got to, you've got to like, I mean, the, the, he's a really, really, um, high potential player that they're bringing in. And I mean, it, whether he starts or comes off the bench, uh, that's a huge, huge land for, for LSU. Billy, why would anybody come to LSU with, without knowing what awaits them? What, what kind of sales job is, is Matt McMahon giving these kids? What is he telling them? Yeah, I think it's, it's, you know, the ability to be in a really good system. Uh, they did a really good job developing at Murray state. I mean, we're seeing that from some of the guys that they're bringing over. You know, K.J. Williams is a you know, for, former Murray player that is in the NBA draft right now, but he could uh, be somebody that ends up at LSU. And all of those guys, nobody would sit there and say, well, if you just looked at the name next to them, you know, the college, they would say, oh, will they be able to play in the SEC? These guys look like they could play in the SEC and contribute. Uh, so the development that you know, Matt McMahon, Casey Long, and a bunch of his staff who are in off-the-court roles, you know, right now, um, you know, they all came down to Baton Rouge to follow Matt McMahon, which says a lot about him and his plan. They add Cody, Cody Topper. They add Ronnie Hamilton. I mean, what a terrific uh, staff that he's put together under the circumstances, and they can all recruit uh, and, and, you know, have shown that in the early going. So I think it just it, it looks like a program right now that's very stable despite what's going on. Uh, in the background, which could be potential sanctions. And I, I think if you're LSU and you're talking to players realistically about what's going to happen, you know, who knows? Uh, they, they could have scholarship restrictions, but one thing the NCAA's tried not to do, at least, you know, from what they're publicly saying is we don't want to penalize players that weren't there for, 
things that happened in the past. And if you look at the roster now, certainly not the case with with really anybody left. Um, you know, from the from the past regime regime outside of a couple guys. He's got to be saying, "Man, come on, we playing time is there for you. It's here, and and everybody wants to get on the court." Um, do you see? Moani Wilkinson and Justice Hill um, making a step forward because they were kind of, you know, they, they were little pieces, but not much to last year's club. Yeah, Moani Wilkinson is some somebody who's always had the, that untapped potential and, um, again, a really, really promising player. Uh, if they can get Adam Miller back, that would be huge. Uh, Justice yeah. Williams uh, is in there as well. And, and those, those guys, I mean, if you had Adam Miller back, and he's healthy back to this backcourt. That's a, that's a really good backcourt. They also yeah. added Cam Hayes, Hayes out of NC State. Uh, so they've done a good job addressing the backcourt. They want to play multiple ball handlers out there. Um, it's really, uh, it's really shaping up to be a, a really interesting roster that, it really you know, is. depending, depending on how, how it goes with Adam Miller and, um, you know, K, if they can get KJ Williams or even maybe Manny Bates, another NC State transfer, uh, it's a roster that really could, uh, could could end up pretty in, in in a pretty good spot. I was told there's like a thousand kids in the transfer portal for college basketball. Is that insane? It's absolutely insane. But I tell you what, I mean LSU's doing it at the high school level level right now. You know, being yeah. able to to get guys like Tyrell Ward, they landed Jalen Reed. I mean, a six ten big man who's a top fifty prospect in the country uh, mm-hmm. as well. Committed over the weekend uh, or right before the weekend, so. Um, you know, that group and, and the way they've kind of brought it all together, it's just really impressive. I mean, it, it's the transfer portal is an insane, insane uh, situation, as we all know. Um, but for LSU, they've done it both in the transfer portal. They've done it re-recruiting the current players. They've done it yeah. recruiting their former players. It's just it's pretty crazy that, you know, with everything going on around the program, they've been able to do it in that uh, impressive way and, and kind of checked all the boxes. I wonder what Adam Miller's thinking. Um, man, I know he likes it here, but he's got a new coach. Uh, but I know he likes it here. And it's tough for a kid to transfer and then transfer again. I mean, it's like you're a, uh, you're a nomad, right? I, I, man, I hope he sticks around. Yeah, and he's down to LSU and TCU from what he tweeted out. Um, you know, they're obviously the staff can – once they get the decision from him, I mean, that's how talented of a player of it, you know, he is. You wait on uh, what, yeah. what he's going to do. Um, and you're right. It does seem like he likes LSU. He's still working out with the team. He's working out, you know, with his rehab. He's not kind of going off in his own um, and doing his own thing. Um, yeah. And he's you know, still involved with the coaching staff. So it, it's a good sign. It just seems like, you know, he's still kind of struggling with what to do. I mean, this is probably, if he stays healthy, this is probably his last year of college basketball. Right. So, you know, what could be, you know, in his, um, you know, head a little bit as if, you know, there is a, a one-year sanction or something like that. Let, let me ask you this, Billy. I'll let you go on this. When we know that uh, college football for transfers, the deadline was made the first, but they can go and get grad transfers a little while later. What's the, what's the ruling for college basketball? Um, yeah, I, I think they can kind of go after them all uh, right up until the end. I, I'm not sure if they have a different deadline off the top of my head as far as okay. entering, but I, I, I don't think they have a different deadline. Um, 
you know, as far as as far as transfers go, I don't I don't think you can, okay. um, you know, enter after May one and be guaranteed a um, a, um, a, a you know your your free one time transfer. Right. Right. Okay. Fair enough. So uh, I guess we got to give uh, Matt McMahon kind of an A so far. I mean, considering everything, I'm kind of amazed he's gotten what he's gotten. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think you absolutely have to give him an A. It, it's really impressive. And, you know, as you kind of watch the coaching staff come together, you were like, okay, wow, this is a really impressive group. I mean, he got two of his former assistants to yeah. you know, go into off-court roles. Um, you know, they, he just really did. Jeff Moore uh, comes down from uh, Northwestern State into an off-court role. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he just you know brought together a really, really good staff. And, um, again, I think you've got to be impressed with the way – He's been able to put everything together, and uh, the the whole team has you know come together pretty well. All right, Billy Embody on three dot com. We'll see. Um, kind of a great job from McMahon, and we know Kim Mulkey's going to have another bonanza class. She always does. So, thank you, man. I greatly appreciate it, and uh, congrats on the new gig again. And uh, we thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Jordy. I appreciate you having me on. Okay, you're the best, Billy Embody of on three. Dot com. Matt McMahon doing a whale of a job. He really is. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $50 gift certificate to the Half Shell Oyster House. We want to help you take your lady out for some delicious seafood, but you can only win that $50 gift certificate to the Half Shell Oyster House by joining the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. All right, we'll take a quick time out. The Jordy Helper Show brought to you by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets, 60 of them in Southern and Central Louisiana. Uh, Buku Rewards members. Man, I'm going to tell you what, they've got uh, their daily deals when you are a member, but they've expanded their club where you continue to save money. Plus, They've added a fuel rewards program where you can earn a significant fuel fill-up discount just through your store purchases. And in addition, if you join the new Gator Gas program, you can earn additional cents off per gallon on every fuel purchase. These new additions are here. So become a Buku Rewards member. It's free, it's simple, and you're going to save in the store, at the pump, everywhere. If you can't shop right at ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets, I'm just telling you, you can't shop right at all. Tuesdays means the Black and Gold Report. More on the Saints draft, the future, and all that wrapped up into one with our good friend Bob Rose of the Saints News Network when we return here on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. May 3rd, 1936. Joe DiMaggio makes his major league debut for the New York Yankees as he records three hits. The Yankee Clipper would go on to record 2,214 hits in his Hall of Fame career, which saw him win nine World Series titles and three MVPs. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
Welcome back, boys and girls. It is uh, 21 minutes after the hour on this uh, Tuesday, May the 3rd. Today is the day that you join the Game Clubhouse. Not only is it free to join, but you'll get the chance to enter to win tremendous free gifts, like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse. You can only score that $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So go sign up today. Tuesdays, it's time. Let's do it. It's time for Jordy to march into some New Orleans Saints talk with Saints News Network's Bob Rose. Here is the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Everybody had their picks and their mock drafts, and there's Bob Rose sitting back saying, man, we need to get Chris Olave. We need to get Trevor Penning. We don't need no stinking quarterback. And Bob Rose is smiling like a Cheshire cat because it's exactly Mickey Loomis listened. Bob, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, my friend. I hope you are doing well. Uh, I, know, I, I know you're looking great, and our New Orleans Saints are sitting pretty right now. So what did you think of it? Um, I mean, they, they must really like Olave because they not only did they trade once, but they traded twice to go get their guy. Yeah, they did. And I was so happy that they did. Uh, you know, as you know, uh, you know, Chris Olave was my number one ranked receiver coming into the draft. Um, and I felt like the Saints were finally going to target a wide receiver with a first round pick all along. Of course, I had Olave in both of my mock drafts. I think they moved back up again. Uh, because may, I, I believe that they sensed a run on wide receivers coming. Right. Mike London had already come off the board at number eight. Uh, Alave's teammate Garrett Wilson had gone number ten overall to the Jets. Uh, you know, so the the Saints did you know, the, the smart move. They identified and a move they always do. Uh, they identified their guy and they went up to get him. Uh, they didn't have to give up as much as I was afraid they would have uh, right. if they moved up in the first round. Uh, you know, they, I, I love the depth of this draft. Uh, and the Saints sacrificed a little bit of that in giving up a third and a fourth round pick. Uh, but if Alave is as good as I think he can be, it is so well worth what they gave up. Uh, Trevor Penning, um, asking a lot of this guy. Everybody says, you know, quote, the mauler and he's nasty, but he ain't no uh, Teron Armstead. Um, so they're going to ask a lot of this kid. What do you think? Yeah, they are. Uh, and, and listen, I was afraid that the Saints would go quarterback with their second first round pick. Uh, and I, you know, I reflected that in both of my mock drafts. It wasn't the decision I would make, uh, but the decision I, I made is the decision it would make is the decision that the Saints made. And that is uh, grabbing, uh, you know, Trevor Penning. Uh, yeah, Penning was the fourth offensive tackle off the board. There was a little bit of run at that position. Uh, you know, early in the first round also. And you're right. You know, Penning isn't a Teron Armstead, uh, but this Saints offensive line is a little bit used to working without Armstead because he has been so often injured through the years. Obviously, Penning is going to get the first crack uh, at the tackle spot opposite, uh, you know, Ryan Ramchek. And my gut feeling is they're going to keep Ramchek on the right side uh, and try Penning over on the left side because that's where he predominantly played at Northern Iowa. If Trevor is a little bit slow to develop, James okay. Hurst is an excellent fallback option. Uh, and Hurst himself can play either side, too. Uh, but Saints fans are going to love the way this kid plays. 
Uh, yeah, he, he's an old school type of player. Uh, yeah, he looks to flatten a defensive player on literally every single snap. Uh, you know, blocks through the whistle. Uh, you know, so that's something to watch. Uh, you know, uh, as far as officiating goes, when we get into the regular season, right? And he needs to needs to clean up his pass blocking technique a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, the athletic traits are there. Uh, he just hadn't had to refine his technique because at the FCS level, he was just so physically dominant. Uh, yeah, especially strength wise, uh, yeah, that, that he didn't need to necessarily improve on the finer uh, you know, aspects of his game. He'll be asked to do that uh, and be asked to do that relatively quickly. Uh, but I believe in the kid and obviously Mickey Loomis did too. All right, Bob Rose, Saints News Network. Your picture's fine, man. You don't need to touch your food with it anymore. It looks great. You look great. Um, all right, we go to the second round at Alante Taylor out of Tennessee. Uh, I, I don't know much about the dude. I, nobody ever mentioned him. I, I never saw his name pop up anywhere. Tell me about this guy. And what did they see in him um, with a guy that I guess can play corner and or safety? They, yeah, you know, leave it to New Orleans. They come up with a head scratcher every single draft. <laughs> uh, and I, I think that this was it here. Uh, I, I understand the reasoning behind the pick. They wanted to strengthen their defensive backfield, uh, you know, specifically at outside corner, which is what Alante is uh, you know, projected to play, at least to see if you believe Dennis Allen. Uh, you know, it, I myself had to do some, you know, some quick research on him when they made the pick uh, because I, I'd only run across him you know, as, a, as, a, as a projected day three selection. Okay. Uh, but I'll tell you, yeah, he's an athlete. Uh, he has prototypical size, about six foot, 200 pounds. Uh, but he can fly. He can run a, a four, three, six, forty. Uh, you know, a long-limbed guy, physical, uh, physical press corner. Uh, you know, which is the style that Dennis Allen and Chris Richard like to play. Uh, you know, as far as his off-the-ball skills, uh, yeah, he has the body type for a safety. Uh, he's going to have to add a little bit of bulk if that's what they uh, is that, if that's what the long-term projections are for. Uh, but you know, something to watch too. Uh, yeah, the, we know that Saints, Saints love athletic special teamers, uh, and this guy yeah. is a gunner. Uh, yeah. That's going to be his immediate impact. Uh, and you know, as far as his development as a corner, you can afford to bring him along a little bit more slowly because you have Lattimore, Adebo, and Roby there. Uh, right. But uh, again, I saw the reasoning behind the pick. It was just a head scratcher to me uh, you know, it, to do a reach at, at number forty-nine. Isn't it fair to say, Bob, that you got? Of this draft, you got two that you're really counting on to become day one starters, and then everybody else is going to kind of be developmental and uh, fill up backup roles, fill quality depth, and play special teams. Is that is that a fair assumption, or do you think there's another one that they say this guy can come in and start right away? No, I think you're for sure right, uh, uh, Jordy. Uh, you know, you need and expect impacts from uh, you know, from Alave and Penning right off of the bat. Uh, you yeah, know, as far as Taylor, DeMarco Jackson, the uh, fifth round pick linebacker, uh, and, you know, all of the undrafted guys that they signed. Uh, they, injuries aside, you yeah, know, that decimated this team last year. They have so much talent and so much depth at nearly every single position. Uh, you know, that, that's why they made these, you know, these picks that they did at Alonzo okay. Taylor. That's why they felt they could give away a third and the fourth round pick because the rest of their roster they felt is playoff caliber and playoff ready right now excuse my ignorance here but i thought if some people that went to the armed service university air force army i thought when they graduate don't they have to serve a term of of duty what happens to jordan jackson out of air force 
I they do, but that's been modified in recent seasons. Okay. Uh, yeah. Now, if if Jackson were to be called to service, uh, yeah, as far as you know, knock on wood when I say this, uh, you know, any kind of national or international well, emergency, not, right? Uh, yeah, right. Uh, that obviously, as it should, take priority over uh, you know, over his football career. Uh, you know, otherwise, you know, we'll see him active in camp. Uh, you know, he will have to. Uh, you know, he, he will be active reserve. Uh, so I do believe that he'll miss a portion of training camp every year. Uh, but as far as, you know, what you pointed out in years past, and this is why a lot of teams strayed away from, you know, armed service Academy members, uh, you know, he won't have to serve four years immediately right out of college before he steps foot on a football field. Okay. We are um, with Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. I got so much to ask you, um, uh, but let's do this. Let's take a timeout because we got to talk about, the honey badger. We got to talk about what's Jameis Winston feeling these days. What's Taysom Hill feeling like these days. There's a lot to talk about here on the black and gold report. So let's take a quick time out here. Uh, we're brought to you by ShopRite tobacco plus discount outlets. And we'll continue with Bob Rose on the other side um, with the black and gold report here on the Jordy Helfer show. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles with Southwest Louisiana sports station. Stay with us. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, welcome back. 35 minutes after the hour, we continue with Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. We call it the Black and Gold Report, brought to you by the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinic of Louisiana. They listened to Bob and got Chris Olave, Trevor Penning. They listened to me, Bob, and they got the honey badger. Taran Matthew, a three-year deal worth up to $33 million with $18 million fully guaranteed, according to multiple reports. Uh, your thoughts on the Honey Badger coming full circle, heading back home again? Hey, well, I, you know, as you said, this was a move you've been calling for for you know, a couple of months now. Uh, this is a move you and I thought would happen. Uh, you know, as soon as the Saints got outside the draft, uh, and sure enough, they were very quick to pull the trigger. Uh, I think I, I think Honey Badger is going to play very, very well in this defense. Uh, you know, we were a little bit worried that they would sign him immediately to replace Marcus Williams uh, and you know, play him a little bit out of position of free safety. Uh, instead, they went the smarter route and signed Marcus May. Right. Uh, you know, so the signing of, uh, of Tyran allows them to move him around the formation uh, you know, as he's been best at throughout his career. Uh, you know, and, you know, if you're an opposing quarterback or an opposing wide receiver, uh, you know, you, you have two jokers uh, you know, roaming around in the secondary, yeah. and you don't know where they're coming from in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Tyran yeah. Matthews. Uh, man, these guys are secret weapons, and they are heat-seeking missiles. We got some dogs back there with Lattimore, and as you mentioned, C.J. Gardner-Johnson and now Taran Matthew. I, I would venture to say, okay, Marcus Williams, a heck of a player, all right? Yeah. So I'd give him an edge over Marcus May, but I would give Taran Matthew an edge over Malcolm Jenkins. So when you put the two together, I like this second, this safety tandem better than the 
last year's safety tandem. And I'm not saying that because it's the flavor of the week. I just really believe that's a better combination. Jordy, I agree with you. Uh, you know, and, and I love Malcolm Jenkins as a person yeah. and as a player. Uh, old. You know, let's face reality. He was a liability in coverage over his last two or three years yes. in the league. You cannot say that about Tyran Matthew. Uh, and yeah, I, I hated to lose Marcus Williams also. Uh, but as far as free safe, pure deep free safeties go, uh, you know, Marcus May was second on the market only to Marcus Williams. Right. So you have a very, very small drop off here. This team got younger and they yep. got faster in the secondary. Yep. Um, all right. So what did they miss out on? I, I mean, I, I got to believe Taysom Hill's feeling pretty good. They didn't go get a tight end. So I think they believe with Taysom Hill and Troutman um, and Jawan Johnson, right? That, that they're, it, they feel like they're in good shape there. Make sense? Clearly they do. Uh, and yeah, because they, they missed, uh, yeah, they missed the market on several uh, affordable star uh, high caliber tight ends early in free agency. Uh, the run on tight ends in the draft started in the third and was crazy throughout the fourth. Uh, yeah, but the Saints didn't have any picks there, and they weren't. Yeah, you know, I don't know whether they tried, but they weren't able to move back into the draft and nab any. Uh, you know, so yeah, you know, clearly they didn't feel that that was a position of need. Uh, you know, and yeah, Troutman, although he he was awful last year, let's call a spade a spade. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he still has potential to grow. He's only entering right. his third year in the league. Right. Uh, right. We already know what kind of athleticism. Uh, an effort that Taysom Hill is going to bring to the position. Uh, and I, for one, am excited about Jawan Johnson's first full year, uh, yeah, first full offseason uh, as a tight end in this offense. Anything they missed offensively? I mean, they got the they got the wide receiver they wanted. Um, a running back they picked up in free uh, as an undrafted free agent, right, out of Baylor, yeah. uh, who had some pretty good numbers. They got the offensive lineman they needed. So what, how, what do you think of this? New Saints offense. It's clearly an upgrade over what we saw last year. Uh, yeah, realistically, what we saw really over the last couple of years. Uh, you can make a case that this is uh, on paper. This is certainly the best offense since 2019, uh, and maybe even to, since 2018 before we started to see a noticeable decline in Drew Brees. Again, I would have liked to see them grab a running back uh, in the middle rounds of the draft as well. Uh, you know, not so much to take snaps away from Kamara, uh, but that you know, possible suspension worries the right. heck out. Right. Uh, but this team has a history of you know finding solid contributing running backs in the late rounds and uh, as undrafted free agents. Uh, and when I broke down the film of uh, Abram Smith, the undrafted running back from Baylor, uh, I, I was really excited at what they saw. Yeah, at what I saw. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's a guy that could turn some heads in training camp. So yeah, I I, I got to be excited about this offense. Uh, Bob Rose, Saint Sue's Network. I keep thinking of that movie Draft Day. Um, with the the quarterback sitting there waiting, and um, Kevin Costner, the GM, doesn't pick the quarterback with the first pick of the draft. He goes and gets himself a linebacker. Saints didn't draft a quarterback. Jameis Winston's got to say, "Okay, they believe in me. I believe in me. Let's go." Yeah, boy, I tell you what, yeah, Jameis has got to be sitting on top of the world. Uh, they gave him a shiny new toy at wide receiver. Yeah, they they give him they gave him literally a brick wall. Uh, an offensive tackle, uh, and no matter how you felt about the speculation, whether you agreed with the speculation or not about a quarterback leading up to the draft, one thing is for certain. 
you knew that no matter what happened in the draft, that would show exactly how the New Orleans Saints felt about Jameis Winston. Uh, as soon as we got outside of the first round, I knew by then, I'm like, I don't think that the Saints are even considering quarterback at this stage. Uh, and you know, it, kudos to them. It showed a ton of faith in Winston. Uh, and you know, I, I think this young man is really excited to get to work. I believe, Bob, think about it. He went, he, what, he went five and two as a starter last year before he got hurt. Um, didn't have a healthy offensive line, had nobody to throw the ball to, right? So, I mean, his best receiver was Alvin Kamara. Um, the other option was Marquez Callaway, uh, undrafted free agent in 2020. They got him weapons, like you said. I mean, golly, I would imagine if he recovers well and he keeps doing the work, they, they got to get better, got to get better. Yeah, there's no reason to believe that he won't. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm like you. You know, the one thing that everybody was worried about Jameis Winston was his ability to avoid turnovers, and he did that. You know, he accounted for 14, uh, 14 or fifteen touchdowns. Uh, you know, only threw three interceptions, and I think fumbled the ball once. Uh, and he finally looked like he was getting extremely comfortable in that offense. Uh, when he went down with that knee injury against Tampa Bay. Uh, and you know, as you pointed out, he had no Michael Thomas. Uh, you know, it, they were relying on Kamara uh, as a runner much more than a receiver. Uh, you know, the, the offensive line was banged up uh, you know, ever since week one. Week one was the only game last year that the Saints had their starting five offensive line intact. Yeah. So he had a, a beat-up offensive line. You know, really no complimentary targets uh, you know, to, to speak of either. Uh, I, I'm really excited to see what Jameis Winston is going to do in this offense now. Bob Rose, St. Sue's at work. Let me read off this list of names, and, and then I'll ask you the question. All right. Up front, Cam Jordan, David Anyamata, Shai Tuttle, Marcus Davenport. Linebackers, Demario Davis, Pete Werner. Corners and uh, nickelbacks, Marshawn Lattimore, Paulson Adebo, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and your safeties, Teran Matthew, Marcus May. Is that an elite defense or what? Yeah, it sure is. Uh, and you didn't even mention, you know, passing, you know, uh, you know, Peyton Turner, you know, yeah. it, it, to, to supply depth on that defensive line. Uh, you know, if you mentioned Roby in the defensive backfield, I missed it. Those are guys that would start for many other teams throughout right. the league. Uh, yeah, this is truly an elite defense. It's going to be the type of defense that consistently shuts down top offenses. Do they need to resign Quan Alexander? Yes. Yeah, I still believe they do. Uh, you know, I, I do think that you know, Demario is the leader of your defense. He's unquestioned. Right. He's going to play every snap. Uh, you know, Pete Warner is an unquestioned starter. Uh, the depth behind them scares me. Uh, and you know, this defense runs with two linebackers more often than not anyway. Uh, but what if something, knock on wood, what if something happens uh, and Davis or Warner get a little bit nicked up? I think Quan Alexander is a must sign. Anybody from the undrafted free agency class, do you, do you feel strong about that can make this club? The Saints always seem to get somebody um, and several that fall into that category that they pick up off the street and they make the squad. Yeah, they do. Uh, you know, in fact, no, no NFL team I can think of has a greater history of doing that. Uh, we mentioned Abram Smith, the running back from right. Baylor. Uh, another, uh, another two guys to keep an eye on, uh, Demarcus Fields, cornerback from Texas Tech. Uh, you know, everybody knows about Smoke Monday, the safety from Auburn. Uh, you know, I, I like Smoke, and I, I, like, I like his game a lot. He's going to be hard-pressed to make this roster, though, uh, you know, given the depth at this position. Uh, 
uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I, nothing would surprise me uh, at this point, but those are the guys that I'm watching, uh, you know, as I'm breaking down film. Uh, and yeah, the, the Saints, even though the receiver position looks solid, uh, yeah, there, there always seems to be an undrafted guy come out of nowhere and make noise there, too. Yeah, it seems to me linebacker is is the spot they may need to add some some depth to. Um, and we'll see what happens along those lines. And when you look at what the Saints did. And you look at what Tampa Bay, Atlanta and Carolina have done. Everybody's putting Tampa Bay at the top of the heap because Tom Brady comes back. I've asked someone else this. I'll ask you, have the. Have the Saints, in your opinion, narrowed that gap? And have they separated themselves even further from Atlanta and Carolina? Atlanta and Carolina are you know, it, it, uh, sucking off of the tailpipe of the New Orleans Saints and you know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. Uh, yeah, and no surprise there. Yeah, the, the, I like the Panthers draft personally, uh, but there's still too many unproven holes there. Uh, and yeah, yeah. I think if you're an odds maker, you still have to put Tampa Bay at the top of the NFC South uh, you know, standings. Uh, but, yeah, the New Orleans Saints is certainly on paper have narrowed that gap significantly. Uh, I think the Saints would have given a, the Buccaneers a run for their money, if not beat them outright, uh, if they stayed healthy last year and this team only got better now. All right. So what kind of draft, what kind of draft grade do you give? Honestly, about the, with this club, because I, I think the first rounders are good. I think there was a stretch at number two. And then what do you get after that? Who knows? Uh, and I, I, I personally really like DeMarco Jackson, the linebacker that they grabbed in the fifth round. Okay. Uh, but overall, I will give the Saints a, a grade uh, of a B for their draft. A plus for the two first round picks. Uh, and you know, it, far be it from me to criticize Mickey Loomis, but it is part of our job, uh, you know, to to, to right. be a little bit critical. Uh, you know, the, the reach at the second round, uh, and the fact that they did lose out on some of this draft depth uh, was the reason I lowered the grade. Uh, you know, again, A plus first round pick, uh, both of them. Uh, but yeah, you know, the overall give a, a B to a B plus range. Who's left out there, and are the Saints done now? Or are they still looking around? Is there a position of need? Is there a player out there you think that they can afford that would strengthen this club? Because I get the appearance. I get the impression because they've said it. We're not rebuilding. We're in. We feel like we're a contender right here, right now. Is there somebody else out there? Look for him to kick the tires on a veteran running back or two. Uh, yeah, my broadcast partner in, uh, on uh, on the first night of the draft when we were doing live coverage, uh, Brendan Boylan, uh, kept dropping the name Sony Michelle. Uh, you know, his starting quality back could certainly come in. Uh, you know, and you know, it, it solidify that backfield. Uh, but there are other guys, Philip Lindsay, Jordan Howard, uh, are, are still out there. Uh, you may might want to see how much uh, David Johnson has left in the tank if he could stay healthy. Uh, you know, so yeah, I, I sort of expect them to at least kick the tires on a veteran running back. Okay. Uh, you know, we mentioned Quan Alexander already. I cannot see a signing of Jarvis Landry uh, to add to this receiving core, but I'm not necessarily discounting it. I think they go veteran running back and maybe try to see if they bring back Quan. That was my next question, and you read my mind and answered. So we will see what happens. Um, Bob Rose, Saints News Network. Thank you so much. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. But right now, I mean, that's a that's a stout defense, and the offense has added some weapons. We'll see. We'll see. That's what makes it fun. 
It's it, it's what we do. You know, we sit here. We can. Yeah, we might look like geniuses now, you and I. Uh, you know, because it looks like the Saints listen to us. Uh, a year from now, we might. You know, we might be slapping ourselves and saying, "I don't know why I thought they should do that." Go get me Quan Alexander. I like him. Yeah. I like his speed. I think he fits in. I think he's a great locker room guy. I think Demario Davis loves him. I think he can play. Go get me Quan Alexander, and I'll be a happy guy. Me too. You and me both, my friend. All right, brother. Thank you so much. Bob Rose, here's your outro, big fella, because you're special. Tune in next week to the Jordy Holtberg Show for the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We'll take a time out here on the Jordy Helper Show, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We'll wrap things up and talk about the true definition of a student athlete. That's next after this. Jordy Holberg has been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast booth. But did you know he was also a star on the dance floor? Can you wash your hair? You know, I work on my hair a long time and you can kiss my hair. John Travolta ain't got nothing on the blonde bomber. Now back to the man with all the moves. Jordy Holberg and the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 54 minutes after the hour, um, the two-time NCAA pole vault champion Lisa Gunnarsson of LSU added another honor to her already impressive resume this morning. Gunnarsson was named the Southeastern Conference H. Boyd McWhorter Women's Scholar Athlete of the Year for the 2021-2022 academic year. She's just the second LSU track and field athlete and eighth LSU athlete overall to earn the most prestigious honor awarded by the SEC at the end of each academic year. She compiled a 4.16 GPA in mechanical engineering and will graduate later this month. That's that is off the track. She's going to receive a $20,000 postgraduate scholarship. That's pretty awesome. Um, on the track. She was the 2021 U.S. Track and Field and Cross Country Athlete Coaches Association Scholar Athlete of the Year for the indoor and outdoor seasons. She's a native of Paris, France. She's made the LSU President's Honor Roll six times. Uh, she's amazing. She became the first woman last season to sweep the NCAA indoor and outdoor pole vault titles in the same year since 2010. A six-time All-American, four-time All-SEC performer. She holds the indoor and outdoor school records with a lifetime best of 15 feet, three inches. That mark qualifies Gunnarsson, who is currently ranked fifth in the world for the 2022 European Championships to be held later this summer. I don't know what they're doing about pole vaulters at LSU, but between Mondo Duplantis and Lisa Gunnarsson, they're the best, two of the best in the world and they're right here in our backyard, or we're here in our backyard. So congratulations to Lisa Gunnarsson, the true definition of what it's all about, a scholar athlete. Well, well done. Special thanks to our guest today, Eddie Yarnell, talking LSU baseball, LSU Nichols tonight at the box, 6.30, right here on the game. Uh, Grant Hughes with NBA Talk, Billy Embody, great job by Matt McMahon in recruiting for LSU basketball and Bob Rose, 
with the Saints. James, thank you so much for all you do. Thanks to all of you for listening in. Our partners, well, we couldn't do it without you. Baseball tomorrow, the Astros on during our show. So we've got Wednesday off, but we'll be back Thursday. So until then, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy, my friends. Let's be kind to one another and let's be happy. So long, everybody. <laughs>